Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Dean Blundell Network proudly brings to you your favorite NFL podcast on the network, the loudmouth Chris Phillips, the brewmaster Steve Fisher, the Ball Hawks podcast. All right, welcome back everybody to another episode of the Ballhawks podcast. This is our double double digit episode. Kind of just made that word up, but episode number 20. You know, like double digit, but like double the double digit. Uh, starting off on a confusing note, I am your host, Steve Fisher, and you can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. Uh, make sure you interact with us. Uh, I know a few of you uh, sent your mailbag questions in over my twitter as well which is totally fine we're just happy to get those in um we are part of the dean blundell network as well so you can go check us out there uh deanblundell.com and today i am joined by drumroll please okay no drumroll uh christopher alberto phillips did i stump you again I, yeah, you did. Yeah. I, I like the name of the movie. I think it might be on the tip of my tongue, but I also have no idea. Um, <laughs> fill me, fill me in here. Yeah. This, this is another one of the new ones. Uh, it's the water monster Luca. Oh, we haven't even watched that one yet. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a good one. And I, yeah, I'm kind we... of surprised, you know, for all like the crap you give me about, oh, you didn't see this movie and this old nfl movie or football based movie but you know you didn't you're not watching disney movies um <laughs> maybe uh maybe uh tmi here but we um had to take away movie night in the old phillips household here for oh, no. for a little bit <laughs> um so we have any we, we actually got halfway through uh raya in the last dragon um, and that was the night that movie night got taken away is when we got halfway through that movie. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that's why we haven't watched Luca yet. Okay. Either, we still need to finish Raya, which I think at this point we need to just probably start that from the beginning. Cause I don't remember the first half of the movie now. Fresh, um, yeah, fresh legs on anyways, that <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, happy to be here for, uh, you know, number, number 20, um, of course, you guys can find me over on Twitter as well at PhillipsChris12. And, uh, of course, please follow the podcast account also at BallHawks underscore pod. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We haven't been very active on there lately. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's where you guys can find us on our social media. And, you know, like Steve said, we love to interact with you guys. We love to talk uh football we love to talk about food and you know um italy winning the euro today of course we talked about a couple months ago do we cut our pasta do we just uh you know <laughs> twirl and slurp and um i still stand by i i uh i cut my pasta still really yeah i i mean we we've talked about food takes on here quite a bit because we're both foodies i think um and we, we definitely know that you have the palate of a child, so why not eat your food like a child as well? So 
coming from the guy that doesn't eat mushrooms. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> I'm I'm not even going to re- really respond to that one because we could be here for the next fourteen and a half hours at least talking about why mushrooms are literally just fungus. Like that's all they are. But they're delicious. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, like they're delicious if you cook them. They're I would never I have not and will not ever eat a mushroom raw. Um, cause again, I, I think I've, I've mentioned this in the past. I'm very much a, uh, texture person when it comes to eating and the idea of, a raw mushroom the it just don't, no yeah, bueno. I, uh, I tried, I guess it was this past, uh, Christmas. I, I gave mushrooms like a full try, right? I, uh, people that know me know I, I have, for the last couple of years here, I've been trying to get into uh, cooking better, uh, being more of, or I guess less of like a college student and more of like a grown up with cooking. Uh, watch a lot of Gordon Ramsay type videos. So I thought one day I'd decide to make a beef Wellington. And my wife, who knows I hate mushrooms, was like, You realize that it's like a casing of mushroom as part of it. And I was like, You know what? It looks that good that I'm willing to give it a try. And uh, to Mushroom's credit, it wasn't horrible. Um, I don't know if I would have it again. I think I was talking about this uh, with somebody just a couple days ago. And I think the thing with Mushrooms for me is like, I think they have too earthy of a flavor. Like it's just got that kind of like bittery, earthy, rooty kind of flavor that... um, Just, yeah, I, I don't care about the texture of it. It's just kind of that strong pungent earthy fungal smell and taste but uh I, I i would probably give different types of mushrooms a try just to say i did and you know not be a child about it <laughs> uh, yeah we 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 could talk food we you know what as a side project let's start a, a food podcast i'm, I'm yeah, sure we, we, we got can... lots of time right tons of time um i would love to do another podcast um to you uh I, I know she's not listening so i don't i don't care that i'm gonna say this to ignore my wife and kids um let's do another podcast <laughs> that's right how, um, how quickly yeah, could just, i get divorced yeah we can just trash each other's food takes for an hour and you know you can call me a child i will uh remind you that you don't like mushrooms because that's really all i really know about your food takes actually uh <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, okay. So our, uh, we always start the last couple of episodes off with, uh, around the NFL, kind of like recent news, uh, things that have popped up everywhere. And, uh, one of the first ones earlier in the week was, uh, the news of Frank Clark. Do you want to fill everybody in on kind of what was going on there? Uh, yeah, um, former Seattle Seahawk, Frank Clark, uh, sorry, I'm just pulling it up here, um, (laughs) got, uh, I guess, I think he got pulled over, uh, I want to say for speeding in his Lamborghini SUV, and while being pulled over, the cop found an Uzi (laughs) in his SUV. Um, so he's been charged with felony possession of an assault weapon, 
and could face up to three years in prison because of this. Um, which just, what are you doing, man? Like, Frank Clark's already got some other past issues. Wasn't um, there some, an issue with, you know, possession of some sort of illegal firearms earlier? Was I, was I reading uh, that right? I think so. I know there's also, I think there might be from college, which he was never actually charged and, and everything the, you know, the case got dropped. I think there was some domestic violence stuff in his past as well. Um, I, I did see one tweet where it was like, one guy was like, Frank Clark gets pulled over with a Lambo SUV and an Uzi. And I just want to know why I don't have either one of those things. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I replied back. I'm like, well, I could go for one out of two of those things. And I could tell you it definitely isn't the Uzi that I want. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know, just one of those off season stories that makes you go like, yikes, man. Like even if he doesn't end up getting any prison time, you, you got to think he's been charged with a felony. You got to think there's a, a suspension coming. Yeah. Um, you know, as somebody who owns guns and firearms myself, um, I'm a huge believer in uh, firearms can be a great thing. Um, you know this about me. I, you know, hunt animals to feed my family. And uh, every single time I have firearms, I use them safely. I use them appropriately. Uh, and again, I don't know what was going on with him or I don't know the whole details of the story. It sounds like there's just no way this could have been an appropriate use of an Uzi. Like, I, I love shooting guns. It's fun. It's exciting, uh, you know, if you're doing it safely. But I'm, I'm not sure that, you know, packing around an Uzi, uh, you know, just in your vehicle is maybe the smartest idea. Um, there's tons of gun ranges out there that, you know, will house those types of weapons for you. So you can be a recreational shooter. You can enjoy those firearms. Uh, you know, we have American listeners and I don't know what side of the... Uh, whatever amendment is it whatever yeah i don't even know what amendment it is for gun laws or whatever but um i i think yeah you could safely have a firearm but an uzi just takes it to that whole other level of like why do you need it like just go to the gun range use their stuff we don't need uzis circulating in society for any reason at all not, not one yeah. reason do you need um, Uzis. But on happier news, this is probably one of my favorite things that I've seen in the NFL offseason so far. Uh, new Ravens guard Kevin Zeitler had his wife, uh, who was in labor, getting ready to deliver their child. Um, by the way, that's a huge child. Did you see the measurements on that child? No, I didn't. I think it was like 23 inches or something like that. And over 10, of course, it's over 10 pounds. Like, look at Zeitler, but 23 inch baby. Uh, bless his wife's soul. Anyways, she takes a video. He may or may not have known it was happening. And he is doing pass protection sets while she is in the middle of labor. Chris, you have two children. Um, how quickly would you have died if you would have been practicing 
football or, you know, you're a lacrosse player practicing your lacrosse skills while your wife was in labor with either one of your children? I mean, I wish I had been practicing my lacrosse <laughs> skills or something. It would have, you know, helped pass the time. Um. <laughs> and we can say that, of course, because we know our wives aren't going to listen to this anymore. So, oh, no, I, I fully mean that. My wife was in labor for 24 hours with our first child. So uh, that was and her her water broke at midnight. So by the time um, by the time she had got her epidural so that she could, like, relax a little bit. Um, and you know, we could have a little bit of a sleep. Uh, I had been up for like 36 hours. You poor thing. (laughs) So I was definitely feeling a little loopy. (laughs) Oh, no. Hey, I mean, it's, you know, childbirth is hard, man. It, uh, it, it really tuckered me out. (laughs) (laughs) Now we can say that of course, cause, uh, you know, if we look at our demographics, I, I think over 80% of our listeners are males. So, um, my apologies to the ones who and maybe are not, but yeah, it, you know full, what? It, it's tiring. It's tiring being the guy as well. Yeah, I and and to be perfect, I would say all of these things to my wife's face. I <laughs> I probably have said some of these things to her face. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, but yeah, no. It's uh, my favorite part of the video was that when she like flips the screen to like show her face, and she just like. <laughs> Yeah, this is my life. Like, this This, is what he does. Um, I mean, to be fair, I'm not a professional lacrosse player. Like, uh, you know, Kevin Zeitler's a professional football player. So, um, you know, you got to get your reps in, I guess, where you can. And I don't know. Like, I honestly, I don't see the big deal. And, and, you know, I don't think my wife would have either while she was in labor have seen the big deal. Because, like, I mean, there's nothing, A, there's nothing that, you can do as the dad you're not birthing that child you're not delivering that child you're you're just there like you're just support um and it's you know it's like i said my wife was in labor with our daughter for 24 hours um you know again what are you what are you gonna do for all of that time i remember when uh when my because my wife got induced with our son um when she was in labor with our son i honestly i just sat on the couch most of the time (laughs) kind of scrolled you know scrolled the old social medias um like you can stand by their side and hold their hand for so long but like until they're really in active labor like you're just in the way right because the doctors and the nurses they're coming in they're checking the baby's vitals they're you know checking mom's vitals making sure everything's okay make sure everything's you know progressing the way it's supposed to and if you're standing there the whole time, like, yeah, you're just in the way. Just go away, man. Yeah, maybe, I remember, you know, maybe that's I how just, he kind of like chalked it up to. He's like, maybe I could be like comedic relief here for you. Like maybe you can get a, you know, 10,000 views on, on Twitter. If you, if you post me doing pass pro sets or something. Yeah. Just go get your wife water when she needs it. Get her some ice when she needs it. Um, I remember, you know, God, it's lunchtime. I'm going to go get some lunch and I'm going to eat it downstairs because you're not allowed to eat when you're in labor. So sorry about that. Don't, oh, parking's running out. I better go pay for some more parking. Like, oh, yeah. fresh air. Wow, this is the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. Like it's, said, I, it's fun. We both, have, we both have two kids. We both remember what it was like being there in the hospital. And, and yeah, like you're, you're, you are kind of useless. Like you're, you're just 
you're just there to you know support her when she's actually like making the the the, the big push <laughs> <laughs> oh there's there's so many things wrong with this but uh i'm gonna let him dig his own grave on that one uh the ball hawks do not endorse chris phillips message whatsoever as a disclaimer Ah, I didn't um, say anything wrong. <laughs> one more fun piece of news before we get into kind of the the nitty gritty of things. Uh, did you see that there might be a DK Metcalf versus Tyreek Hill race? Not this year, but next year. Who- yeah, because didn't uh, Tyreek just raced Aaron Jones, right? Yeah. Did you see that video? Um. Yes. Wasn't it even wasn't, close. Wasn't even close. Um. I would like to see it. I, I think um, it would be close. I think they're it would be close too. Blazing right? fast. Mean, yeah, they're both super fast. Um, you know, Ty, Tyreek's obviously a lot smaller than DK. That's um, what makes it exciting too. Hey, you've got this like tiny little short prototype of a receiver, and on the other end of the spectrum, you've got the big nasty physical receiver, and like, yeah, I don't even know. Like, as an impartial person thinking about the race. I have no idea, no idea whatsoever who would win. Most people would pick Tyreek because I don't think he's officially lost in a race. I think that's like his whole like MO kind of thing. But like, I mean, DK was running to be like against Olympians and he was holding his own easily. Like that's going to be a fun race. to. Hopefully they do something cool like, I don't know, raise a whole bunch of money for, you know, for some sort of foundation or something like that. I, I, I saw something on Twitter about, you know, DK just ran, of course, the Olympic trials, uh, put in a sub 10 performance. Um, I think Tyreek back when he was in high school ran sub 10, but it hasn't run a, run a sub 10 hundred meter since. Um, and he's, you know, probably 10 to 20 pounds heavier now than he was in high school. So it, it would definitely be, be interesting. Um, like I said, I, I, I want to see it. I mean, yeah, I think it'd be a fun see, one. Love to see my boy DK crush Tyreek <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe Tyreek will have to give up that, uh, you know, cheetah nickname. Yeah. W- would he give the nickname up or would DK then like crown himself a new faster animal or something? Well, I mean, cheetahs are the fastest animal on the planet. Are they? Yeah. Hmm. I only know that because we were watching, I don't know, some trivia show. It's like it's called the College Bowl. Uh, my parents had it on at their house tonight. It's actually hosted by Peyton and Cooper Manning. And uh, <laughs> and that was one of the questions tonight is what's the fastest animal on Earth? And oh, interesting. I got it wrong. That's huh. a jaguar, but it's a cheetah. I'll have to ask my daughter. She watches uh, a lot of wild crats. And if I say anything animal related, uh, she puts me in my place very quickly, very like high sass. And I just I assume she knows more than I do because she actually watches it and she can recite everything on there. Can you Uh, ask her when I'm there? Because I would love to hear that I'm wrong from a five year old. (laughs) Almost five. (laughs) Isn't she five yet? Not five quite yet. The end really? of this summer. Oh. Yeah. Well, um, close enough. So let, let's move into a little bit of like, let's call it serious football talk. Uh, you brought this one up to me. 
Uh, Nikhil Harry of the New England Patriots has officially requested a trade as per his agent. What is, what are your initial reactions to that one? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what do you like? How many people are lining up to trade for Nikhil Harry? <laughs> like, come on. Like, yeah. go ahead and request a trade, but. I mean, this is probably just going to end with you getting cut either before or after training camp and ending up in the CFL. I don't like getting traded to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now, I I will say this about him. Like he's I think he's what, 20 early, like 22, 23. My my guess would be something like 23, um, you know, I think this is his third year I actually picked him up in fantasy football as a rookie because I thought he would um yeah I I thought he would be a lot better than what he has shown but when you have those young guys in a system like the Patriots if he's not picking it up um this is one of those cases that I think could actually be you know beneficial for team and player where it's new scenery new system a fresh start um you know, maybe the offense just wasn't for him, but um, I don't have them in front of me, but I was reading uh, a couple days ago. He has some pretty poor advanced stats. If you're looking it up, like catch percentages and like drops, I want to say, and like in traffic or expected catch percentage. So he definitely has not lived up to the first round status that the Patriots picked him up in. I mean, they picked him 32nd. So yes, he's a first round pick, um, but it's late first. If he's the, you know, if he's the first pick in the second round, I don't think he gets hammered as hard, which is kind of funny because then he's, Oh, I'm just a second round pick kind of idea. Um, But yeah, I, I agree. I don't think anybody's lining up to trade for him, but I think this is one of those low risk, high reward kind of things. Maybe you have to give up a seventh, uh, to take a chance on a young guy. He's big. He's physical. Um, I, I think it's worth a shot. He's still do, young. Do you have any um, landing spots that you think he could end up? Yeah, I mean, I think teams that, you know, if I was going to say the Ravens, they obviously don't need another receiver, but receivers that are big on the outside that can play in kind of like, a run first situation. Um, Maybe he needs a scenario like in Arizona Cardinals where he can, I guess red shirt would be the wrong term because he's already given up that time, but maybe he can learn behind uh, Larry. If Larry's coming back, maybe he can learn behind AJ. Maybe he can learn behind Deandre Hopkins. Uh, But that's another crowded wide receiver room because they also have Christian Kirk and they just drafted Rondale Moore. Yeah, so what I'm saying is like, you know, you you redshirt him this year kind of idea where, you know, you're saying, we'll give you a chance. We'd even be willing to pay a seventh round pick. We want you to sit behind a guy like this, learn. Him and his agent probably don't want that, but uh, maybe for the longevity of his career, that might not be the worst thing in the world is like a little like mini reset kind of time. And you, know, you look at Arizona and AJ Green's on his last kind of legs. Larry's debating whether he's even going to play this year. 
Um, there's going to be opportunities if he could kind of show that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know where he lands. It's a tough situation for him. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, either a team like Detroit or yeah, New Orleans or New Orleans, yep. um, you know, two places that he can go and, um, you know, kind of just slot right in. Um, cause yeah, like you said, I, I don't think he's looking to go somewhere to be, you know, back on the bottom of the depth chart. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Cause you look at the, the Patriots receiver room and you're like, who beat you out of that position? So that's why my first reaction was like, maybe like taking a step back, you know, learning the craft behind some of these, you know, uber successful hall of fame type guys could be, you know, a saving grace for your career moving forward. But um, more wide receiver news. Uh, this one is kind of less dramatic, but still, I think it, it merits a conversation. And that's the reports that Alan Robinson of the Chicago Bears and Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, are expected to not sign long-term deals and play this year on the franchise tag. Now, I already know what you think of A-Rob, but tell everybody. I love Alan Robinson. He's so awesome, isn't he? He's so good. And, like, talk about a guy who, like, he's probably one of the most underappreciated wide receivers of his time that has produced numbers year after year after year regardless of playing with quarterbacks like Blake Bortles, <laughs> Nick, Nick Trubisky or whatever other. Did you just call trash. Nick Trubisky? Yeah. Trubisky, Trubisky, <laughs> like, like you're disrespecting whatever, him like, that much. You're like, I'm not even giving you your first real name. He's like a mixture of Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. I said Mitch. Oh, I think I you said Nick. Mitch. Oh, no, I, no, we're going to have to listen Mitch. back on that I, one. I, Right. No, no, I, I messed up his last name. I, I said Mitch, though. Right. Um, but, like, he's he's had just terrible quarterbacking his entire career and is still one of the, you know, probably a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I'm biased. I have him on my fantasy team. <laughs> so, full disclosure, guys. Um, I, I don't think that's a biased take, though, like... No, Name me great. another he's... receiver uh, who has done as much as Allen Robinson with as crappy and as inconsistent and just poor play quarterback as Allen Robinson. Like he's literally went from bad to bad to bad to bad. Andy Dalton, QB one of the Chicago Bears, is going to be the greatest quarterback by a mile that he's ever played with. And then no, he's no. going to get and then he's going to get to play with Justin. I know what you're shaking your finger at me. Andy Dalton is starting week one. We both no, no, know Steven. that. He's we not. both know. Justin Fields, QB one. You're only well, I'm not going to spoil our, our fantasy thing here, but uh, we uh, we know why you're saying that. No, no, I tr I, I firmly believe that Justin Fields is going to pull a 2012 Russell Wilson and force the Bears' hand to pick him over the high-paid, uh, you know, off-season free agent signing 
just like Russell Wilson did to Matt Flynn. Look, uh, if I'm if I'm the head coach of the Chicago Bears, it's a no brainer for me. You start Fields. That's not where I'm going with this. I think the thing we're vastly not, I guess, taking into account is how stupid Matt Nagy is. He is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, Training camp and, and preseason, Fields is going to force his hand. Yeah, but that, like, with stupid people, you can't, for, you can grab their hand and force them to do something, and they still find a way to screw it up. That is Matt Nagy. He's that bad of a coach. Like, Justin, yeah. Justin Fields, week one. Mark All my right. words. Versus Tim Tebow, week one. That's, uh, those are two hot takes here that you can roast us on week one uh, when we're probably both going to be wrong on it. Um, Yeah, Allen Robinson is fantastic. And the way he goes about his business, like I was reading where he's like, yeah, you know what? I'll just play on my franchise tag again and I'm going to cash in next off season. You know, I'm still only going to be, what, 28 years old. Um, It's no big deal. He kind of just like brushes it off where like me, I'm like, Man, why are you not just seething angry at these people? Why are you even attempting to give them what they want out of this? But good for him. Like, consummate pro is how you would describe him. What about Chris Godwin? Um, <laughs> would you pay him? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Prob- like, prob- probably? I don't know. Like I'm, I'm torn, right? Like he's only 25. He's still really young. Um, but like if you pay him, do you let Mike Evans go? Like, so I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I haven't watched enough Buccaneers football to, I guess probably have a really true and honest opinion on that. Um, and <sighs> Yeah, you probably do pay him because I mean Brady's not going to be there forever, and you do need to make sure that you do have you know kind of that safety blanket receiver for. Um, I think they just drafted Kyle Trask this year. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he's the quarterback of the future or if it's you know somebody else, um, you you do need to have like I said that that safety blanket. But but then like I said like you know if they sign Chris Godwin long term, big money. Um, what does that mean for Mike Evans? And that's another guy that's, you know, your, your safety blanket. So I don't know. I mean, they, they could probably make it work with both receivers as well. Um, but yeah, I would, I would have to watch more Bucks football to have a real opinion on that. Yeah. I think the big one you said there is like, he's still so young that you could pay him for the next three years and you're still looking at a 28-year-old wide receiver, which is Allen Robinson's age. Um, and, you know, Godwin, when he's on the field, he's just productive. That That's all he is. I, I know he's had a couple, you know, little dings over the last couple of years where people are like, oh, is this a trend? No, it's not a trend. Like, football's a tough game. Um, you know, he still almost put up 1,000 yards this year. His catch I'm, I'm percentage just, was seventy seven point four percent this year. Like I'm just looking though, like yeah, he's wild. He's only, got, he's only got one season over a thousand yards, and that was twenty nineteen with uh, you know famous Jameis. Famous Jameis. Yeah, I mean, I, I he's just, never uh, he's never he's never put up double digit touchdowns. 
No, but that's not his game, right? I, I don't think touchdowns are like the be all end all. Like you look at, you know, last year, how many touchdowns did he have last year? Uh, seven. That, uh, that's pretty impressive when you think of Mike Evans in the red zone. You think of Gronk in the end zone. You think of uh, Brady loves handing it off to his running backs, uh, you know, in those short yard situations. For him to put up seven touchdowns in that crowded of uh, an offense, uh, I, I think speaks volumes to what he is like. You target this guy enough, he's going to catch everything. He's going to put yeah. up those yards. Like you said, he's kind of like the safety blanket idea for them. Just for comparison, though, like Mike Evans has never had a season under a thousand receiving yards. So I don't know. Like like I said, it, it, I, w- I would have to watch. I think you pay both of them. Yeah, it's I'd, the I'd reason why you more, paid you more know, bucks DK. football, um, you know, eye test, uh, not just, you know, looking at stats and being like, well, this guy does this and this guy doesn't do that. Um, yeah, I would, I would have to watch more to, to see, you know, what is he actually doing? Um, all right. One last one on our uh, weekly news here is uh, Aaron Rodgers is, quote, a couple weeks away, end quote from his 2021 plan. And I, I know we kind of talked about this. I'm trying to think of what episode that was uh, with the, the boys from Past the Cheese. Um, but they weren't concerned about Aaron Rodgers showing up. I think the closer it gets to training camp, now you're starting to bite your fingernails a little bit. I, and I, I said this before, but I still see no other circumstance other than Aaron Rodgers playing for the Packers week one. Um, And I know I said that about Brady before he went to Tampa, but it's just one of those things where they've worn a Jersey for so long until something changes. I fully expect him to be a Packer next year. I think the team is loaded. That team is absolutely loaded, especially on offense, you know, good offensive line, you got Devonte Adams. You've got a killer one-two punch. Uh, in uh, why well, you even said his name? No, Aaron Jones and uh, Quadzilla AJ Dillon. I just where else are you gonna go? Where where else? Denver. Are you, yeah, but is Denver really that set up to win right now? I don't think so. They've got a good yeah. offensive line. They've got Cortland Sutton and Jerry yeah, they got, Judy. They got good receivers. They've got Good receivers, good running back. They've got Melvin Gordon, good defense. Um, Basically exactly what the Packers are. But now you have to go learn a new offense. You have to learn this, that. I don't see it happening. I... Are you leaning more towards the other way? Uh, Kind of. Yeah? Like, just because, you know, like, his comment of it's like, you know, in a couple weeks, we'll we'll see where I'm at (laughs) instead of being like, you know... In a couple weeks, I'll be in training camp with the Packers, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's right. just, like he, he could have been, he, he was a little vague in his statement. Whereas, you know, if your intention is to go back to the Packers, why not just say, like, you know, I'm going to go, you know, we've worked it out or whatever. I'm going to go back to the Packers. I'm going to make that public right now. Let's, you know, let's put out this fire and end this, end this story, you know, at least for the rest of this season. Um, and yeah, so I, I just, I, I feel like his statement was still pretty vague and it, it, it leaves a lot of things up in the air. Um, speaking of the Packers though, 
Um, I'm trying to convince my dad that we should go to the Seahawks Packers game in Lambeau this year. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's not on board yet. Um, I'm going to keep harassing him. Um, it's not going to be cheap if we do it. Tickets are actually going to be the cheapest part of it. Um, tickets I found were like 200 bucks in the lower bowl. That's pretty good. So I was like, yeah, I was, I was like, that's actually pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to convince dad, um, you know, money thing. Dad doesn't really want to go to the States right now. Um, just, you know, he's still a little nervous about COVID and all those other things, but I'm going to keep working them. I'm going to keep, you know, poking him in the ribs and saying, hey, you know, every time I see him, hey, dad, we should go to Green Bay. Hey, dad, we should go to Green Bay. Well, it's one of those it's one of those stadiums like, I, you know, I would love to go to Lambeau, but I know Lambeau has been on my dad's bucket list for a really long time. Um, and, you know, our team is playing there this year. Why not pull the trigger? Take it. Yeah. Take advantage of that and go watch our own team rather than just going like, oh, let's go to Lambeau and watch packers and the Ravens. um jaguars <laughs> or something you know what i mean like i don't know that well, seems like a nobody move nobody wants to watch the jaguars no it just Not seems pretty desperate to go watch the jaguars right <laughs> well we know papa phillips listens to this so uh gordo you know you want to go it's just money um maybe you'll get to meet the sons and four guy you know i'm sure he's kicking around milwaukee some somewhere right so um yeah it rogers is one of those weird ones for me right now because he just got finished with that big what what do they call it the match yeah where him and i don't even know who he was with uh was he with he was with uh bryson Bryson DeChambeau. yeah yeah versus uh brady and mickelson by the way phil mickelson is absolutely hilarious in all of like his chatter when they were trying to find the ball and uh i think it was off in the trees somewhere and he's just chirping from his cart um but i I feel like rogers just had all of these off-season plans and he's just having the time of his life and he's like meh I'll, i'll get there when i get there like i i still think he will be a green bay packer at least for one more year Right. It's kind of like what we talked about with Russ earlier in the season. I just I think it's going to be at least a year. And then you're kind of you're kind of in a a better spot to where it's like, where do I want to finish my career? Where do I want to take that next step? Did you see uh, Russ and Sierra living it up in Italy right now? Oh, I can only imagine. Oh, yeah, man. Just just like I've been to Italy. I love Italy. Um, but I mean, I did not experience Italy in the same manner that, uh, Russell Wilson and, and Sierra are currently experiencing Italy. Um, like I don't I saw think them today. Like he's, he's wearing like a like full them. Gucci suit today. Uh, she's got the matching shorts on, but then like <laughs> he also posted a video this morning of like, he's working out, out in Italy as well. So it's just like, yeah, it, uh, you know hitting all the jealousy buttons rich people doing rich people things exactly. good for him um okay let, let's shift gears a little bit here to our fantasy football kind of weekly segment we've been doing for the last little bit um and you have some pretty cool i guess news i i think you dropped this last week that you got into the scott fishbowl which is 
fame. I'd never heard of it. You know me. I play one fantasy football, and that's one too many for me. Um, but for anyone who doesn't know about it, maybe just give us a little background info on like what it is. Why is it so prestigious to kind of get in? Yeah, um, I got into uh, Scott Fishbowl 11 this year. Um, I, I think I mentioned last week I didn't get into the main event. Um, I got into one of the satellite leagues, but it, you know it, it, we're we're still treated as uh, as a we're we're part of it. Um, you know, everyone's not you know I'm, I've been networking and uh, you know uh, talking on Twitter with a bunch of other people that are part of the Scott Fishbowl, which is actually probably one of the coolest parts of this whole thing is like. The, the the community aspect and like i said like you know we're even though i'm in a satellite league it's still treated as an equal like you know i say like hey like i'm in the snoop dog division in the satellite and everyone's like cool like let's see your team like how how's the draft going like let's talk about it yeah your team looks great and this and that and um you know i, I was talking to a guy uh yesterday the day before talking to a guy on on twitter and you know, he's talking about being a girl dad as part of uh, uh, on fantasy football. And um, his daughter, uh, I, I guess, had mentioned that. Uh, thank you. Uh, that he <laughs> uh, his daughter had mentioned that she wants to uh, do fantasy football with him this year. I'm like, that's really cool. Like, you know, my, my daughter keeps bugging me that she wants to do a podcast with me. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to ask her. So I get home and I ask Olivia. I'm like, hey, Olivia. Do you want to do fantasy football with dad? Like, would you like, is that something that you would like to do? And she goes, what's that? Of course. Right. <laughs> She's six. What's that dad? <laughs> so I explained to her like, yeah, like we draft a team of football players, like, and we try to score a lot of points and, you know, breaking it down to, you know, her level. And she goes, yeah, dad, I'd like to do that. So I message this guy. Cause he's talking about starting, a girl dad league. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I was like, okay, update. My daughter said that she would totally do a girl dad fantasy fo- football league. So now I'm going to join this other fantasy league with, <laughs> with this guy that I met through the Scott fishbowl. I'm going to do it with my daughter. That's um, so much so, fun. Yeah. So I'm really excited to do that. Um, the Scott fishbowl it's, you know, it's for charity. Um, it, you know, you have a very slim chance of winning. There's something like 2000 teams playing like, the, the, the odds of winning the Scott Fishbowl are, are really slim, um, but it's for charity. It's for fun. It's for meeting new people. Um, I, I, I got to say that the guys that I'm playing with in uh, in that Snoop Dogg league um, are a great group of guys. We, we've been having a uh, you know private chat on, on Twitter for the last week uh, while we've been doing the draft. Uh, I, of course, implemented the rule. Oh. I imp- implemented the rule that the first kicker off the board, you have to take a shot. So whoever <laughs> takes the first kicker, you have to take a shot. And 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 I one upped it. I was like, and I was like, you have to take a shot of like whatever the crappiest liquor in your house is, like oh. whatever the worst thing you have in the oh. cupboard. That's what you're taking a shot of. And uh, it it actually snowballed into. Um, Whenever you take your first kicker, you take a shot. So I don't know if you oh, saw no. the, the video that the video I posted on on Twitter the other night. There, I I took my first kicker, so I I posted a a video of me taking a shot. And, you know, just little things like that. And like you know, I'm drafting with it. Most of the guys that I'm drafting with are are based out of the United States, but like one guy's in Australia. Oh, cool. Um, 
yeah, so it's just a really, really, really cool experience. Um, I know, you know, I, I don't know so much about the satellites and who's in the satellites, but like I know in the main event, like there's, you know, fantasy analysts. Like I know Adam Rank is in it. Matthew Barry is in it. Um, there's some uh, celebrities in it as well. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, you know, that, that's not why I applied. I'm not like, oh, like I'm going to try and, you know, rub shoulders with these, you know, quote unquote <laughs> celebrities. It was just like, this is a, a you know cool opportunity. It's something that I followed for the last few years now, and never really like pulled like I, I would like fill out the application and be like, no, I'm not going to get in, or no, like I'm not good enough to like you know compete with these people or like whatever. And then this year I was like, you know what, like whatever, I'm just going to put in the application, see what happens, and here I am. So that's such a good like, it's just such a good message for people to hear like what's the worst that could happen in these situations? Literally the worst thing that could happen is that they don't accept your application. You still don't get in. Nothing has changed. Uh, but guess what? You at least had a chance as slim as your chance may have been. Uh, you have a chance. Worst thing that they can say is no, you got the best thing. And they said, sure, come on in. Yeah. Um, so and like I said, now I'm meeting all these really awesome people in the fantasy football community so right uh the first question i have for you is give us a really brief rundown of the scoring setup um like is it ppr is it standard is it half ppr and what is your starting lineup and how many bench spots do you have um yeah so um with me being in the satellite uh league it's a best ball um so i just draft i don't have to worry about setting a lineup or anything like that i just have to do the draft um there's no trading um waiver wire will will be there um so you know there as far as lineup um let me just see here like you know for the main event sorry i'm got a few different so you essentially just draft your team you have to make sure you draft the appropriate spots for all like a, to have a complete roster. There's no bench spots. You're basically just getting all of, like whoever performed the best on your team as a whole. Yeah. Is how. So yeah. I, I imagine that, um, you know, as far as like how scoring will work, because of course scoring with best ball is going to take your best players at each position and count their score towards your, your total. Um, which I, I imagine it's going to follow kind of the, the, the same um, starters as the main event. So uh, quarterback, you can start one to two. So it's a super flex. Uh, running backs, you can start between two and six. Wide receivers, between three and seven. Tight ends, between one to five. And then this one's a fun one. So there's no defense in this league. Kickers. You can start between zero and four kickers. So you can either Weird. draft. You can draft no kickers at all. Or you can draft up, you know, I mean, up to four kickers. Or I mean, you could draft more than four kickers, I guess. But um, yeah, so it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, do I take this guy that you know, might pan out. He's kind of a, you know, hope and a prayer, like, 
you know, number three or four wide receiver that might have a breakout season? Or do I take a kick, a, a kicker, right? <laughs> Who I know is likely going to get me points. Um, but that's the other kind of interesting thing. So the scoring, um, sorry, I've got it up here. So uh, passing, six point passing touchdown, normal. Minus four points for interception. Ooh, that's heavy. If it if it's a pick six, another minus two. <laughs> Poor One Matt point. Schaub. Poor Matt yep. Schaub. He would have never gotten drafted in a single league. Yeah. One um so it's one point for twenty-five yards passing, two points per two point conversion, minus one point per sack. Half a point per completion. Ooh, interesting. Minus one per incompletion. <laughs> so quarterback. Yeah. So wow. like, yeah, the the rushing scoring is is uh, pretty pretty normal. The receiving scoring is pretty normal. Um, it is it is half point uh, PPR. Uh, half point per first down. But then it's also tight end premium. So the tight ends get an extra half a point per first down and an extra half a point per reception. So tight ends are, are one full PPR. Um, kicking. So decimal scoring for field goals. So a 37-yard field goal would be 3.7 points. Uh, one point for an extra point. Minus three for a missed field goal. <laughs> and minus minus one for a missed extra point. Missed rouges, darn. Yeah, yeah, missed rouge. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so like the the scoring is is pretty, you know, it, just all it's, over it's the half, place. Yeah, it's it's all you know, it's super flex. It's tight end premium. It's you know, negative points for incompletions. It's negative points for missed kicks. It's yeah, so it's it's, it's hmm. pretty. It, it, it's a pretty wild uh, scoring structure for sure. Uh, how many how many picks do you I know you mentioned off air here that you were still in the middle of drafting. How many picks are you in so far? Uh, I have made uh, 20 picks so far. So it's uh, 22 rounds. So I've got uh, uh, two more picks left before I'm done the draft. OK, rifle all 20 of them off. 20 okay. and 60 uh, seconds. OK, so I started eighth overall. Okay. Um, so, so, and actually, sorry, uh, before I list off all the picks, sorry. So here's an, here's another fun little rule, um, thing. So, uh, I drafted eighth overall snake draft. However, there's a third round reversal. So to explain what that oh, means, okay. so I drafted 1.08, 2.05. And then of course, in the third round, you expect me to go back to 3.08, right? But the third round reversal reverses the snake back. So then I went 108, 205, 305. Hmm. And then 408, 505, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and just to explain that, they, um, you know, kind of quantified the value of each draft pick. And they found that by doing a normal snake draft, that the person who drafted 101, um, their value was way, way, way higher than everybody else's. Um, but whereas by doing it this way, it keeps it more equal. So um, I will list them all off here. I'm not going to say 
um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go in order. So just my first pick is my my first round pick and, and all the way through. So Darren Waller, Jalen Hurts, Nick Chubb, Keenan Allen, Justin Fields, DJ Moore, Travis Etienne, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Ron- Ronald Jones, Zach Moss, Cam Newton, Corey Davis, Cole Komet, Devin Singletary, Harrison Butker, do a shot, Rashad, <laughs> Pen- Rashad Penny, Christian Kirk, Amari Rogers, Jason Myers, Nico Collins. Interesting. Wow. Um, okay, so what like what was your strategy in that? Obviously, you had mentioned at the start of this uh, when you're describing what the league was that there was a premium on tight ends. I think a lot of people listening to your draft were like, what? You picked Darren Waller with your first eighth overall? And I, I know I kind of, when you had mentioned who your pick was, I was like, same thing. What what are you doing, dude? And then you kind of explain there's a tight end premium. But was other than, you know, getting the tight end first, was there kind of like a strategy that you stuck to? Or was it kind of like it got blown up on you? Oh, it, it got blown up really quick. Yeah. Um, like, I, I went in thinking... I'm going to go quarterback first, super flex. I want a quarterback. I want a quarterback first. I want one of those top tier quarterbacks. Um, but then, you know, I really wanted um, Lamar eighth overall or Kyler Murray eighth overall. Um, those are kind of the two guys that I had in the back of my mind. And um, it didn't work out that way. There was a huge quarterback run. Uh, sorry, excuse me. I, I think Patrick Mahomes, uh, went first overall. Um, it was like quarterback, 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 quarterback. Like it was, mm. uh, yeah, like it, it was, I mean, I'll, I'll pull up the it's first kind of round one of right those now. Interesting things, right? Like a lot of people have draft strategies or they're kind of like, they're the type of fantasy football player who, you know, always drafts a running back or always drafts a wide receiver because other people grab running backs. But I think in fantasy football, the more pliable you can be in your strategy and the more you can adapt to how the board falls to you, kind of like in real life draft too, um, just getting the best player at the best value when you're on the clock always has to be the best strategy. And and that's kind of what, I, what I've ended up doing here. Like, you know, I, I went into it thinking I was going to go quarterback, quarterback with my first two picks um, and then just quickly adapting to being like no like best player available um i'm just looking at the first so the first five picks were all quarterbacks uh sixth overall was uh christian mccaffrey seventh overall was travis kelsey and of course i drafted eighth overall and i was like you know do i go um dalvin cook do i take another running back do i take darren waller who i think could maybe push to be that tight end one this year um and then I was also contemplating Russell Wilson or Justin Herbert. Mm. Um, and I was like, I, I I thought maybe like I'll go Darren Waller. I'll get one of the top three for sure tight ends in the league. And maybe I'll be able to get one of those quarterbacks on the turn in the second round. Um, Russell Wilson went 10th overall. Justin Herbert <laughs> went 12th overall. So that did not happen. Um but yeah, that, that's kind of how I, I, I went into uh, the draft fully planning on going quarterback, quarterback. Um, 
and yeah, plans changed really quick. Um, <laughs> okay. And um, yeah. Give me one. So I know you said it's for charity and you said it's mainly for fun and, you know, there's not a whole lot of, you know, chance you winning the overall league and um, it kind of takes that stress out of it. But if you had to do one do over pick and we all do this, especially if you're drafting, you know, you should mention that you are drafting over multiple days. So you have lots of time to sit and think about your pick and man, that was stupid. Is there one that kind of jumps out at you in the first 20 there that you're like, man, I wish I could have done a redo. It, it's honestly, it is my first pick. Oh yeah. Yeah. If, if I could go back, I would have taken Russell Wilson. Oh really? It, yeah, it's one I, of those hard ones, right? It, he's on your team. You want to see the Seahawks do well. You want to see Russ do well. You want to do well in fantasy football. And I it's just, a smart pick. I like Jalen Hurts. Um, I mean, you all heard me gush for Justin Fields. <laughs> um, Cam Newton should at least give me some serviceable weeks. Um, but I don't love my quarterbacks that I have, right? right. Like, I don't feel like I like I love Jalen Hurts going into this season as well I think I think he's going to you know have that year two breakout um but I don't feel like I have one of those top tier guys and I feel like if I had gone with someone like Russell Wilson um you know maybe I don't get someone like Darren Waller in the second round or in you know at, at, at my tight end position maybe I do I don't know it's hard to say but I feel like I could have gotten better value at the tight end position maybe later in the draft um, than I did getting at, you know, with the quarterback position um, later in the draft. I mean, even, you know, Jalen Hurts was my second round pick because I was like, I was kind of scrambling and being like, oh, crap, like I need a quarterback. <laughs> so like they, they, they went quick. So yeah. I was like, I better, I better grab one now. And, you know, like I said, I, 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 I pretty high on Jalen hurts this year. Um, so I, I, I think he's going to have a good season, but yeah, if I could go, if I could go back, I would have taken Russell Wilson, uh, with my first pick instead of Darren Waller. Um, and just really quick, um, I don't know if you're going to ask, but I'm going to say my favorite pick so far is Nick Chubb in the third round. I think that's an absolute steal. Yeah, when you, I, I mean, obviously I see and talk to you about your picks and stuff like that. When I saw you got Chubb in the third round, I was like, did everybody forget about him? Is there something about running backs I'm not seeing in this? Um, yeah, great pick. And it'll be, it'll be kind of interesting. Like, obviously this is your first year in this kind of weird, it, you're telling me about the scoring and the setup and it's nothing like I've heard at all. It'll be interesting to see what you should have done. And I'm sure yeah. some of these people are returning players and they're, they're either looking at you saying, damn, this kid figured it out. Like he, he was zigging when we're all zagging and it's going to pay off for him. Or they're looking at you being like this idiot. Who is this rook that came into the league? It'll, it'll just be interesting, right? To see whether that was the right play or not. And I, I think that's part of fantasy football is just living living and dying by those picks and kind of looking back and be like, man, that was a, that was a really dumb pick. I'm definitely not doing that next year. And, and that's exactly it. Right. Is that like, I, like this is, um, 
such a learning experience and one that I will, you know, if I'm so lucky to uh, get back into uh, the Scott Fishbowl next year, um, that I, yeah, I, I will take this experience this year and, you know, hopefully apply that to next year to uh, maybe come up with a better roster. But again, next year you're playing with different guys, right? Totally. So that that changes every, everything as well. So yeah, it, it I, either way, like I said, I'm I'm having a blast. Um, like I said, the the guys that I'm playing with are hilarious. Um, you know, have had a lot of really good conversations with those guys. Uh, you know, we we've all been posting our videos uh, of take of us taking a shot after we draft our kickers. Um, so yeah, it and. And like I said, it, it, it's for charity. Um, so, it, you know, that part of it is really cool. And I know Scott Fish has won, um, you know, some awards in the fantasy football community um, because of this venture. Uh, and I just want to say, like, quick, like, kudos to him for running this league. Um, you know, it, it, it it's a lot of work. I know he's got some people helping him. But like I said, there's, there's 1,900 teams in the main event and in the satellite, I think there's another, I want to say 1600. So like, like no, just to keep, yeah, just, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Right. Like just to keep like tabs on all of that, you know, making sure that people are following the rules. People aren't timing out. People are making their picks. And I mean, anyone that times out is like, you've got eight hours to get your pick in, man. Like, what are you doing? He, the, look, it's summertime. Maybe you went fishing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I eight hours. Eight hours. It's a long time. Eight hours. Yeah. Just put your computer down from work. Pick your computer up for fantasy football. Make your damn pick. Or just set a pre-draft list. Like sure. Um, Anyways, okay, it's fun. Let's move on. We're gonna move away from a little football stuff here for. Uh, third down and we started last week kind of changing up third down a little bit because we had a question from uh jake vogel right this is my segment dude what yeah, are you yeah, doing yeah yeah you've been talking too much shut up <laughs> tired of hearing your yes, voice it, i don't it, know why i do this jake. with you um, yeah, so the question came from Jake. If you didn't listen last week, he uh, asked us to rank our favorite Marvel uh, MCU, I guess, movies. And instead of doing all three, we decided to do uh, phase one last week. And since I fully admitted that I didn't know the difference between phase one, two, and now apparently four is coming out, I um, Remind us, Chris, what we're doing this week. And of course, uh, you know, what movies are in phase two? Yeah. So this week, uh, like you said, we did phase one last week, uh, this year or this year, this week. (laughs) Jesus, Uh, get your crap together, Phillips. Uh, We're going to rank phase two, Um, you know, and. If, if you don't want to rank them, that's fine. If you just want to say what your favorite one is, um, you know, I, I've put you on blast enough for your lack of football movie watching. I won't put you on blast for lack of superhero <laughs> movie watching. Um, 
So, uh, of course, uh, phase two, let's rank them. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Third down. Okay. Uh, phase two started with the uh, 2013 Iron Man 3. Also in 2013 was Thor The Dark World. 2014 brought us Captain America The Winter Soldier. Uh, also in 2014 was Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, 2015 also bought, brought us two other movies in Phase 2. Uh, uh, 2015 started with Avengers Age of Ultron and also introduced us to Ant-Man. <laughs> well, if you say that at the end, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Um, yeah, I, I have to, I mean, my movie track record is suspect at best so why try and hide anything now the first time i saw iron man 3 was this year um yeah in 2021 it actually it might have been at the end of 2020 but anyways within the last calendar year um and it was so good i have watched it five times now i absolutely love iron man 3 i love how low the throw Tony Stark uh he basically is left with nothing they literally spoiler alert uh blow his entire mansion up and you think of like the great powerful all-knowing sarcastic witty always has an answer Tony Stark um just gets decimated to the point where people think he has died um that's easily my favorite out of those ones I think the one that gets crapped on a lot is Ant-Man and I get it. Uh, I, uh, well, any, anywhere that I've seen or anyone I've talked to says, uh, Ant-Man is like one of the worst superhero powers. Um, it's have you seen Ant-Man? I, I've seen Ant-Man. Yeah. So I okay. don't believe this, but like a lot of people I talk to and just people I've, I've seen rank them have, Maybe I'm just not looking in the right spot, but have Ant-Man a little lower. You need to talk to smarter people. Yeah, Maybe it's because <laughs> like I, I love Paul Rudd and I, I think part of the movies is casting the right people for it. We talked about this last week of casting Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man was an absolute home run. And I feel like Marvel does this quite well, actually, is casting the right person for the superhero um, I thought Ant-Man was kind of underrated, apparently, to the ones I've talked to. My second favorite one there is Winter Soldier, though. I do like Captain America. I love the idea of Winter Soldier. And I think, I don't know, maybe this is a bad take. I'm sure you can, uh, you know, where to hit me up on Twitter for it. I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't like any of them. They... I don't know what it is. That, that's the other thing. I, I was thinking about this segment today, and I'm like, how am I going to explain why I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy? And I don't know why. I just, they bother me. And I don't want to finish the movies. Like, yeah. So that one is me. I, I, I can't remember if I've seen Thor. Um... Avengers Age of Ultron was really good. Obviously, you get to see all the Avengers together. That's always fun. I would probably have Guardians of the Galaxy last, though. 
Yeah. How? Yeah. Wow. 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 Um, God, I, I'm going to have to, like, I need a second to process that, that information. <laughs> um, I guess while I process that information, talking about, you know, perfect casting and, you know, Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, I think is fantastic. Obviously, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Um, you know, even Chris Evans as Captain America. Like, you know, it's going to be a little bit different seeing Anthony Mackie uh, take over the shield as the Falcon um, or Captain America now. Yeah. Um, but uh, Marvel has uh, on Disney Plus coming out next uh, one month from today, actually. Uh, it's called Marvel What If. Um, oh. so it's going to be kind of like, uh, you know, what if this happened in the timeline and how does that how does that change things? And um, that's like when Adam I, Rank used to do the and if L. Do you ever remember those? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, those I, are super I remember fun. Those. And uh, yeah, so it's it, it, I, I I watched the trailer, and um, you know they have uh, Black Panther or you know to T'Challa is uh, you know uh, now he's Star Lord, and they have uh, you know instead of Chris Evans or instead of um, uh, Steve Rogers, excuse me. Uh, taking the uh, super soldier serum, uh, they give it to Agent Peggy Carter, and so you know now she's uh, you know uh, Captain UK or or what have you. Because I mean, of course, she's British, right? So like her shield has the <laughs> the Union Jack on it. So that's pretty cool. Really, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really it's a animated series, um, but all of the you know ca- uh, characters. Um, you know, Robert Downey Jr. comes back and voices Iron Man and things like that. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that series. Um, I don't know if you've been watching uh, Loki at all, but Loki's been really good also. Uh, the season finale comes out this upcoming Wednesday. Uh, so I'm really, really looking forward to to that as well. Uh, but anyways, my phase two. Um, at, I'm going to rank them because I have seen them all. Um, I think I said last week I'd force my wife to watch them all before we saw Endgame. Uh, so my bottom is Thor, The Dark World. Um, I I feel like I need to go back and re-watch the Thor movies. Um, I didn't watch any of them until my wife and I did do that watch through uh, before we went to Endgame. So I've only seen all of them the one time. Um, and I just, I don't know, like I watched kind of those ones where I was like, I watch them because I have to because uh, they're <laughs> part of the series. Um, so yeah, they're, they're not the, the Thor movies aren't my favorite. So yeah, that, that one's at the bottom. Um, next uh, is Iron Man three for me. <sighs> uh, yeah. It was, I mean, it was, it was fine. It was fine. But like the whole Mandalorian fake Mandalorian thing, like it was like, but like this is actually the bad guy. Like I just, I don't know, like it, it seemed kind of corny to me to, to have a, a, a fake bad guy, but this is the actual bad guy and people are blowing up and like, I don't know, it, it was it was OK. Um, definitely not my favorite Iron Man. Um, after that one, I have Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, Age of Ultron is cool. Um, it in- introduces us to Vision. It introduces us to Wanda. Um, so, you know, those, those factors are, are cool and, you know, help of course progress the, 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 the timeline and the, and the story and, you know, gets us to phase three. Um, but of the Avengers movies, um, I would say age of Ultron is actually probably the 
the bottom if I'm ranking mm-hmm. just the Avenger, the four Avengers movies. So Avengers, Age of Ultron, uh, Infinity War, and Endgame. Age of Ultron, I put it at number four. Yeah. Um, top three. Um, so number three, I'm going to go Ant-Man. Uh, I love Ant-Man. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I'm also a huge Paul Rudd fan. Um, I Love You, Man is one of my favorite movies. Um, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Rudd's fantastic. Uh, number two. Uh, and this is where I struggle. Um, but I think I have to give number two to Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, that is one that I was also really hesitant to watch. Um, I was like, ah, like whatever, like superheroes in space. Who, who cares? Like, I don't care. I don't care about space. Like I don't need to watch this movie. And then, um, it popped up on Netflix. Um, I think this was, uh, shortly after my wife went back to work after my daughter was born It popped up on Netflix and olivia was having a nap and i was like you know what i'm gonna give guardians guardians of the galaxy a try loved it oh my god i loved it the the soundtrack is fantastic uh chris pratt is hilarious uh batista is drax is also hilarious like i love guardians of the galaxy it makes me laugh i really enjoy it the storylines are great rocket raccoon is fantastic um i can't believe it's at the bottom of your list that's what i, I think the raccoon is like you want to talk cheesy and corny i think the raccoon is like trying to be funny but it's missing on every level and the whole like i am groot man oh, that's annoying God, that is the most like, that is like the jar jar binks equivalent of annoying in in movies like it's just i don't get it like you're you're a piece of wood. You're a raccoon. Like he's a tree. He's not a piece of wood. He's a tree. Oh, okay. Because trees aren't wood. Good, good comeback there, Chris. Well, a piece of wood is like a piece of lumber. He's a tree. He, he's a tree a is a living thing. Yeah. Not if it's uprooted. Walking around yeah. saying, "I am Groot." It's like, hey, how are you? Would you like some like? Could you imagine talking to somebody like that? And you're like, hey, uh, friend, you want to you want to come over? Like, ha- you know, have a, a bevy on the patio. I am Groot. Yeah, uh, but Rocket understands him. Yeah, Rocket, you Rocket, didn't Rocket understands actually... what he's saying. I don't know. Guardian, you need to give Guardians another shot. No, nope, it's fantastic. Won't do it. It's you know so me. Good. Um, and <laughs> my my number one in phase two, um, which this one is going to be really ranked ranked really really high in my entire mcu unit uh rankings i think captain america the winter soldier is one of if not the best movie in the entire mcu um the introduction to bucky um yeah yeah the the winter soldier is so 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 good um and it's it's one that when i was going you know back through my my watch through um i could rewatch that movie over and over again yeah i th- i think that's where and maybe i'm wrong and naive to how other people rank their things but i feel like most people it's if you can go back and watch it or if you have gone back and watched it a bunch of times that kind of staggers you know, where you rank them and why you rank them there. So, yeah, it not even just rewatchability. It's just, it it is such a good 
well thought out, well put together story. Um, yeah, Winter Soldier is, um, I mean, I, I think I ranked uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, um, the bottom movie in <laughs> phase one. If, if not the bottom, it was one of the was bottom two. Yeah, it was one of the bottom two with like, you know, Hulk and Thor. Um, but to then turn around and say the Winter Soldier is number one in phase two, they, they definitely did a good, really good job uh, on, on that one. And you make a really good point there. Like the storyline in it is so good and it's so well delivered that even your casual MCU fan like me, like you obviously know all the characters and when they are like in order and how this is introduced. I don't know them like that, but watching winter soldier like i know the message i know the story i know why it's just like you said really well thought out for you know your you know avid fan but also your casual fan of it Um, so stay tuned next week and we will have your phase three for you which i'm sure is going to cause all sorts of fights like it does every single week so far so thank you for that jake uh, and actually, I, I just want to yeah, go ahead. Sorry, the, the Winter Soldier also introduces Falcon, um, who, have, you know, as I mentioned at, at the hop there, has taken over the Captain America's shield. And uh, yeah, so it just. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I love and, how you're oh, like God. you picked it as your first. And I was like, yeah, great pick. Like, I totally agree with it. And you're like, oh, yeah, you just wait one more thing. I got to tell you I also just, why I'm still right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. I love that movie. I love The Winter Soldier. We are going to redo the intro thing. Chris, the narcissist Phillips. Tell, tell me why else you're right, Chris. Because <laughs> I'm handsome. Because I look good in my DK jersey, <laughs> which you're not wearing this week. I'm not wearing tonight. You're not wearing it tonight. Um, okay, it's time for our mailbag segment. Uh, we got quite a few on the go this week. Four different people asked some questions here. There are a couple new people asking questions. We got some football. We got some non-football stuff in there. We even got a super weird one. Uh, you, you can probably guess who that was from. Uh, but the first one came through from our friends at uh, the Brody Sports Talk podcast. So you can find them at Brody Talk. It says, between the Ravens and Seahawks, who is the best defensive player and who is the most underrated player? So that was the original question. And my response actually didn't go through. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I didn't hit send. But I was like, could you clarify for us if that means we can only pick one person between two teams? Because if so, uh, Chris and I might be here for the next uh, 17 hours picking them. So he said... One from either team for both questions at work. So who's your best defensive player and the most underrated player on the Seahawks? I thought they wanted us to pick one. Like, I, I, I thought they did want us to have a battle to the death. Okay, let, let's each pick one and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. Okay. Okay. Uh, best defensive <laughs> player is easily Bobby Wagner. Yeah. And he is the best defensive player from the Seahawks or the Ravens. Um I know you would probably say Marlon Humphrey. He's he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's he's really good, um, but he's not Bobby Wagner. And Bobby Wagner is the best defensive player, whether you're picking from the Seahawks or the Ravens. And sorry, not sorry. 
Okay, so we have a really good argument there. Uh, Bobby Wagner is the best defensive player because he, Marlon Humphrey is not Bobby Wagner. So let me just flip that on its head. Marlon Humphrey is the best player between both teams because Bobby Wagner is not Marlon Humphrey. So here's why, and you are right, I would pick Marlon Humphrey as the best defensive player. Um, it, w- it would actually be hard for me to decide between those two I obviously value middle linebacker super high I think Bobby Wagner is a machine Uh, he's everything you want in a middle linebacker right down to the intangibles to what he is on the field Um, Marlon Humphrey is so unbelievably versatile he plays outside corner and he locks down the best of the best And then they have an injury and they're like, hey, Marlo, can you go play inside slot corner for us? Yeah, no problem. I'll just play that at a Pro Bowl level. Oh, I'm also going to bring back that thing that they used to call the peanut punch. And I'm going to reinvent it as the fruit punch because I'm so good at forcing fumbles. Oh, and if that wasn't good enough, I also, from the cornerback position, I lead my team in tackles. You could expect Bobby Wagner to lead a team in tackles. He's the middle linebacker, should probably lead your team in tackles. But you have a corner he, he, that he, leads your team in tackles. That's why Marlowe is the best defensive led player. the entire NFL in tackles twice. Yeah, he should. He's a middle linebacker. That That's great. That's six, what he's supposed to do. Okay, six-time first-team All-Pro. Totally. We're talking about right now, though. We're not talking about what... Uh, what Bobby Wagner did back in like 2013 or 2014. Bobby Wagner was first team all pro last year. Yeah, but it, that that's all fan voting, isn't it? No, it, it's a pop. What? So who, who votes on all pros? The Associated Press. Uh, I'm pretty uh, sure I, I don't buy into that whole like Pro Bowl thing. All pro because it's a handful of people's opinions based on whatever their criteria is at the time. So like you tell me Bobby Wagner leads his team in tackles. Great. What else? Yeah. Associated press, uh, United press international. Uh, yeah. It's it, pro football writers Associ- association. Um, yeah. Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is better of the two because he I'm tackles not saying a lot? Marla Humphrey is bad no I'm, I'm just waiting for like give me something else other Bobby than I Wagner tackle the a lot. first ballot hall of famer sure he's had a longer career yeah but but tell me what else what? Bob like give me an argument here like give me something that team Bob, led the league two years led the league in tackles for two years uh like I said you know all first team all pro uh, seven-time Pro Bowler. The one year that he didn't make first team, he made the second team All Pro. Like, I just but tell me like, what he does on the field. Don't tell me what who votes him in. Tell me what he does on the field. To he know, runs be- that defense. He he is he runs that defense. He is that defense. Do, does he have the green that, dot on his helmet? What's that? Does he have the green dot on his helmet? Yes, he does. Yeah. Okay. So there's another yeah. argument. Like, give me more though. Like, he he runs that Seahawks defense. Yeah. He is like everyone talks about the, the 
I mean, everyone always talks about the, the Legion of Boom, and the Legion of Boom was great. And I, I feel like because of how good the Legion Legion of Boom was, Chancellor Thomas Sherman, um, you know, Browner, Maxwell, whoever you want to put as that that fourth member, um, that Bobby doesn't get his due. He doesn't get his respect. And, you know, everyone always talked about like, oh, like Luke Keekley, Luke Keekley, like Luke Keekley can, you know, beat it, bud. Uh, Bobby Wagner is is a way better linebacker than Luke Keekley. But again, well, right now, because Luke Keekley isn't playing. Well, <laughs> I, even when Luke Keekley was playing, Bobby Wagner was a better linebacker, is a better linebacker. Um, it, it, but he's been overshadowed, overshadowed by the Legion of Boom. Um, you know, he's, he's been in the league since 2012. He was drafted the same year that Russ was drafted. Um, and he is, yeah, he is, he's been overshadowed. Uh, he doesn't get the respect he deserves probably because he plays in the Pacific North Northwest. Uh, he is, I would say, if not the number one, the number two middle linebacker in the entire NFL right now. And yeah, I would, yeah, and I, I would make the argument that he's the number, the number one. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a good argument. Like you could, you could say that he's up there or he's he's in there. I could also say that I believe because of his versatility and everything that he brings to that defense that Marlon Humphrey is the number one to maybe top three uh, corners in the league. It kind of de- depends what you want. Like, I think the consensus among people right now is probably Jalen Ramsey as the best corner in the league. Ask Jalen Ramsey to go play in the slot because the team needs him to. He would get torched. I, I think he would get torched alive playing in the slot. So um, we're going to leave that one where it is. Who, who's the most underrated player on your team? Tyler Lockett. Yeah. 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 That, that's yeah. an easy pick. Yeah. Just um, quietly I goes mean, about I mean, his business. Yeah. I mean, I could say someone like Puna Ford. Uh, but Puna Ford hasn't been around long enough to to really qualify. Um, it's Tyler Lockett. I mean, guy put up a hundred catches last year, and nobody talks about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know me. I hate him because he was the auto draft pick, but you know he put up a lot of numbers for me in fantasy football. Um, that's with having, you know, a 1A or a 1B, whatever you want to call those two. He has a bona fide number one right on the other side of him. You think his numbers would dwindle? Nope. Just quietly goes about making catches, making plays. Uh, good pick there. My underrated or maybe even underappreciated player is Bradley Bozeman. Offensive lineman. They never get their due diligence Um, he was a sixth round pick out of Alabama. He was their center comes into the NFL, uh, gets shifted to guard plays, you know, progressively better played unbelievable last year in a struggling offensive line was kind of like that lone bright spot or, you know, obviously when Ronnie Stanley went down, he was the lone bright spot there. Maybe Orlando Brown jr. As well. Um, and then this year, they bring in Zeitler. They have lots of competition with young kids in the other guard spot. And they're like, our center play sucked. Hey, Bradley, do you want to just, you know, shift back over there and play? And he just, again, quietly goes about his business. 
I think he's going to have a phenomenal year at center. It's going to shore that O-line up. And I just love offensive linemen who have that position versatility. Uh, you know, those guys get banged up. They play almost every snap, every game. Add another game on to there. I think, you know, you're going to see maybe hopefully a little more love uh, for some offensive linemen. So our next question comes from a guy we had on the show that we were talking about earlier from Past Cheese Podcast, uh, Jay Andrews. You can find him at UPJ33. <laughs> this one seems kind of like an underhanded question, but I love it. it. says, does Tampa really have the best chance to repeat? And then he uh, followed that up by saying, bringing everyone back that just won on a team that snuck into the playoffs and very few injuries seems more like a movie script than real football outcome. What say you? Um, <clears throat> I don't think the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sneak into the playoffs this year. I, I, I think they're going to win the uh, NFC South. Um, so they're, they're definitely going to be, you know, part of the mix that they're going to be there. They're, they're going to make a case. Um, but no, I, I, I don't think they repeat. Um, I think part of the, uh, Jay's question there, you know, talking about, you know, health and right. how the Buccaneers were very healthy last year. Um, you know, uh, a lot of other teams suffered some injuries and they weren't one of those teams. Um, not that I'm pr predicting guys are going to get hurt this year, but health is one of those things that you, you can't predict. And um, having two they were super very, healthy seasons in a row, though, for a whole team is very highly unlikely. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like it's it, it just one of those things where, like, you know, you, you can't expect them to have a super healthy season again this year like they like they did last year. Um, I, I think the other thing that really benefited Tampa last year was I think other than their uh, secondary, they were a very veteran squad. Um, you know, on the offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, uh, receivers, obviously their quarterback, um, very, very veteran squad. Um, so maybe the, uh, you know, not having a preseason and, uh, and, and, and things of that nature kind of helped them in that manner, uh, compared to a lot of other teams that may have been younger at, at some of those positions, um, so I, I think this year with having a full training camp, having a, you know, a full preseason, um, that, that's going to help, you know, probably a, a lot of the other teams, um, I guess, just have that um, familiarity and, and, and that bond. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to sneak into the playoffs. Like, I think part of the reason why, you know, they were a wildcard team is because the Saints were so powerful uh, you know, losing Breeze is, you know, you can't state that enough. Um, but they also had a couple tough matches at, you know, towards the end of their last year. But then they rattled off. I'm just looking here. Uh, four straight wins to finish the season. So I, I don't know if I'd call that sneaking into the playoffs. Like you have a new quarterback, new system. You're kind of trying to fit him in. Uh, you're going to have those learning curves and then they just get on a roll. Like we see this so many times with teams making Super Bowl runs is they get hot at the right time and they peak at the right time. So going into the postseason four in a row, 
I don't know if I can say that's like kind of sneaking in, but um, yeah, I, I fully expect them to win that division. Uh, maybe even grabbing one of those uh, those buys. Um, okay, our, our next question comes from Marquise from the Cover 4 podcast. You can find him at Marquise underscore 35KD. He's got four questions here. So which DB besides Jalen Ramsey would you add to your favorite team? You can pick Marlo. It's okay. I made a good case for him. I would not hold it against you. <laughs> uh, I would actually pick uh, Marcus Peters. Interesting. Why? Yeah, uh, I've loved, uh, I've ranted and raved about Marcus Peters before. Um, I've loved him since he was coming out of college at uh, University of Washington. Um, I've wanted him since then. Uh, when the Chiefs were done with him, I wanted him in Seattle. He ended up with the Rams. Um, so it's just one of those things where, like, you know, I, I've wanted him for, you know, three years and I, I still want him now. Yeah, it's. It's a great pick. Same thing. I, I think we've talked about this before. I loved Peters coming out of Washington. I wanted the Ravens to jump on him. Um, super happy that he's there. I, this question for me, I I don't want another DB on our team. Maybe for like depth. Um, I guess maybe if we're thinking there's no salary cap with this, maybe you get a guy like Stefan Gilmore. Uh, as backup depth, but the Ravens are so loaded at corner with Humphrey, with Peters. They have Jimmy Smith as their number three. Uh, they have Tavon Young coming back from uh, another season-ending end- injury. I feel so bad for that guy. Um, I think he's one of the better slot corners in the league, so if they can stay healthy on their corners, teams aren't going to be able to pass on them. So maybe you pick up an extra guy like as depth if if salary cap wasn't an issue sure i'll take like a tredavious white or i'll take you know byron jones xavier howard um but i i think the ravens are pretty set at corner uh second question could you see the eagles trading jalen hurts this is a fun one no no i mean do, do the eagles want to lose and like well, you they know, do set themselves up to, you know, compete with the Lions for the first overall pick next <laughs> year. Like I, I in, in what world does it benefit the Eagles to trade Jalen Hurts? And, and where do they trade him? Houston, Denver? Like, I, I, I just I, I, I don't believe the reports. I don't you know, I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be. Uh, I mean, you heard me talk about him earlier because I drafted him. Um, I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be just fine this year. Yeah, they've got, I mean, I love Flacco, but he's not a starting quarterback. He's a backup. They don't have anything behind him. So, yeah, I don't I don't see them trading him at all, no matter what the talks are. It's Philly. Philly hates their players. They love their players. They hate them again, like. It's just a Philly thing. Uh, apologies to anyone listening from Philadelphia. Um, let's see. Oh, I love this question. What teams should pick up Josh Gordon if the opportunity presents itself? I pick Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> to be, I, We talked about this last week. Anywhere where he gets a fair opportunity to play, I just want to see the guy do well. Um, if he 
came on to the Ravens and he could be a depth player, you know, for injuries, for compete for a roster spot. I would love it. Why not? He can. I think he can still play. He absolutely still can. Um, I mean, I would love to see him back in Seattle. Uh, I mean, of course, he played, I think, one or two games two seasons ago. Um, last year, he was part of the Seahawks, got reinstated, got his reinstatement, uh, you know, kind of taken away. Um, it was kind of a bit of a, you know, gong show. <laughs> um, I would, yeah, I would love to see him in Seattle as, you know, that three-year, third or fourth wide receiver. Um, I mean, God, could you have, imagine having a guy like Josh Gordon as your fourth receiver? Like, <laughs> what a luxury that would be. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I just think any team could benefit whether he gets an opportunity to be one of those two starters or a team who could pick him up as depth. Like you said, having him as a fourth option or a third option makes your team very, very dangerous. Yeah. But from a starter, uh, I, I, I guess from a starter standpoint, I'm going to go back to, you know, when we were talking about Nikhil Harry, um, Lions Saints, um, yeah. you can probably slot into, you know, the, the one or two position there. So agreed. Uh, I feel like this might be an easy question, but his last one was which Batman movie was the best? You go first. Dark Knight. I I know it gets a lot of love. I just the oh, my goodness. The acting in that movie was like creepy. It was so good. It was so like dark. It was so so wild like i get goosebumps just talking about it right now heath ledger was really good in that movie so but like good. as far as like i love the dark knight don't get me wrong i i struggle between that and the original batman movie okay. with Mike, michael keaton yeah um like i said dark knight is really good i really really love that movie great uh uh great movie great acting great story uh heath ledger is just phenomenal of course in that movie um but the original batman movie is just I, like it's just so good like it's uh, and maybe that's um nostalgia talking um is michael keaton your favorite batman yeah i think yeah. he is it's yeah like I, I i liked christian bale but the whole batman voice is is kind of off putting yeah, like, I am Batman. Like, it's just <laughs> come with me if you want to survive. Like, it's just it's it's it was too over much. the top. It's yeah. Un- yeah, it's too much. It's not. It's unnecessary. Um, I, I I don't know how I feel about the upcoming uh, Batman movie with Robert Pattinson playing Batman. I'll watch it. Give him um, a chance. I mean, yeah, I I, I will. Um, Batman is probably my favorite superhero. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, so as much as I love the MCU, I love Batman. It's just too bad that the DCU sucks uh, so bad. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it, it's yeah, I, I love Michael Keaton. I mean, I, I, I can for sure without hesitation tell you which Batman movie is the worst. And that's Batman and Robin uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. That movie sucks. <laughs> oh that's so good uh okay well hold on hold on to some of those uh our last uh mailbag 
person is our friend Ryan Hank of the PP1 podcast. They just got some new swag out, hey? Uh, if you yeah. guys haven't seen that, uh, go check them out on Twitter. Uh, I think it's, oh, I, I should probably know this off by hand, but I feel like it's at the PP1 podcast. Uh, they got some new hats in. Uh, they got some new summer skates in. They are an NHL podcast focusing on the Canucks. Uh, they're awesome. They're hilarious. They get lots of really good guests in. Uh, you can check Ryan out at always nine zero and then the word four. Very confusing. If you know Ryan, it makes sense though. Um, his first question, and I don't know if he saw Marquises, but we're going back to Batman. Who's the better villain, Joker or the Penguin? Joker. Yeah. I don't Without, even think it's close. It, it, like Danny DeVito's um, turn as, as the Penguin in Batman Returns. Um, really, really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman was better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's the Joker. Um, I mean, the Joker is... Batman's arch nemesis. Um, he is always the, the, the main uh, culprit behind anything, any plan, trying to foil Batman. Uh, it, it's always the Joker right there. Um, yeah, it's the Joker. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I didn't think that was too hard of a question. I think the Joker is... It's just so it's creepy, right? Like it's just, it's everything you want kind of in a, like a mastermind villain, but it like, it takes that dark kind of twisted role, uh, into it. So love that one. And then the final question, uh, useless ward. (laughs) Again, this is the weird question. Useless word ward Robin or participation award. So I don't understand the Robin part. Well, because he's a ward like he's. People have to take care of him, right? That's he's like a ward, a burden on. I I think that's where he's going with this. It's Ryan. So I could be way off base with this. Um, I think this one's pretty easy. Maybe we should have asked him for clarification like we did the the, the Brody talk guys. (laughs) Um, But for me, it's participation award. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Look, I, I love the idea that everybody participates. I really do. I love getting people out to participate. Um, I don't necessarily, I think the reward is just that you get to play. I don't think you need something that says like, hey, you played. That's just going out and playing. Um, I, I also like super, com- like I think competition really breeds, uh, you know, doing better than what you could do. Um, but again, uh, participate, do your best, go out and play sports. Uh, I just don't know if you need, you know, a pat on the back for it, but and I, never I thought forget. you were going to go Robin there since you were like, oh, Batman and Robin sucked. Um, if you're not first, you're last. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> uh, okay. That kind of wraps it up for, uh, the week here. We appreciate you guys getting those mailbag questions in. Maybe it was cause we actually asked it a little earlier in the day. Maybe that was like, maybe we should stop being dumb and asking it at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, <laughs> but we do appreciate your questions. Keep them coming in. And, uh, as per usual, there, Christopher, 
you get the last words. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, like we said off the hop there, uh, please give us a follow over on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. Uh, you can find me at Phillips Chris 12 and also uh, really quick before we sign off here, uh, huge shout out to a friend of the show, Michaela. Um, I'm trying to find your Twitter handle right now, but I can't find it. Um, but you know who you, who you are, Michaela. Uh, you know, big congratulations on your wedding day today. Um, you know, we uh, I know Steve and I both sent you out some, uh, you know, kind of wedding day <laughs> advice. Um, I hope you didn't take any of it because I mean, what, what, what do we what do we know? Um, but yeah, I, 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 I hope you and your wife had a great day. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, everything that you envisioned and imagined and pictured it to be. Um, and with that guys, um, you know, signing out for the week, of course, go Hawks. Peace. I'm Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.